The Rebbe starts off the Sikha by saying that we discussed many times that Tzirashi's style to answer every single thing that might be difficult in the simple meaning of the Psukim. And in a case where there's a question in the simple understanding of the Psukim, and Rashi does not explain it, that itself is a proof that according to Rashi there's no question at all, so there's no point even in mentioning it and explaining it, because it's obvious by itself. So we need to understand what's the reason why Rashi doesn't mention anything in answering what seems to be a very, very simple and obvious question when you're learning the Psukim in our Parsha, as we'll, we're going to explain. And what the Rebbe is referring to over here, the Pasuk says, Vayoymer Hanochash, the snake is speaking to Chava. It's, it's, the Torah repeats this twice. Rashi doesn't explain anything at all about what does this mean that the snake is speaking. Many Mephorshim deal with this. What kind of talking, what kind of speaking was the snake capable of? So from this it seems obvious that Rashi understands the word Vayoymer in a very, very literal way. That at that point, by nature, the snake was speaking. Just like human beings are able to speak. Even though we don't find this in regards to any other animal, it seems that this was a normal thing for the snake to speak. Now, since these days, snakes, of course, which are descendants, are the offspring of that original snake, don't have the ability to speak. So we must say that at some point, this ability of talking was taken away from them. It makes sense to say that this happened by that original snake. That in the curses, that the snake was cursed because of his sin with the Eitzadas, there's also this curse that he won't be able to speak anymore. So here is where the Rebbe's question comes in. If that's the case, why doesn't the Pasuk explicitly say that the Nochash, that the snake was cursed by not being able to talk? And this seems to be a question in the simple understanding of the Psukim, and we don't find that Rashi addresses it at all. Now we cannot answer that, that since snakes these days don't speak, that makes it so obvious that the original snake stopped speaking as a curse because of his uh, sin, and, that, and the, therefore the Torah doesn't even have to specify it, because it's so and it, because it's so obvious, Rashi doesn't even need to explain it because it's just very very simple. Because that would only answer why the Posik and Rashi don't have to tell us something that's obvious. However, in our case, the question would be why, when Hashem is speaking to the Nachash, when Hashem is cursing the snake, why don't we find explicitly in the Torah? that Hashem tells him this curse as well, that you won't be able to speak anymore. So the Rebbe says we might be able to answer that this punishment is included in the words, Arur Ato, you will be cursed, Mikola Behemu, Mikol Asada, from all of the animals, from all of the beasts, that since the Pasuk says, Arur Ato, you are cursed, Mikol, from all the animals and from all the beasts, in other words, this is, seems to be saying that he's going to be inferior to all of the other animals. So it's self-evident that he won't be able to speak anymore. In other words, because clearly other animals can't speak and he's going to be lower and inferior to all the animals. Just like it is in regards to the fact that the Pasuk says that he was more cunning and more sly than all of the animals. And after that curse was taken away, so... Th- 
In the same way, this power of speech was taken away, because if not, he won't be worse off than all the other animals. On the contrary, he will be even greater than the animals, because he has the ability to speak. And therefore, Hashem does not have to specify it by itself, because it's included in those words, you are going to be utter, you are going to be cursed, you're going to be worse off than all the other animals. But the Rebbe says, if that's the case, the question will then be, then why does it need to specify that you're going to be going, crawling on your belly? That seems to be also included in the words that you're going to be cursed more than all the other animals. Because when we speak about all the other animals, it also refers to all of the crawling animals that don't have legs. So therefore, clearly, the snake will have to be worse off than those animals as well. So he'll have to lose his feet because he shouldn't be, have an advantage over the other crawling animals. So the Rebbe says like this, if the Torah would have just said it as a story to us, so we understand why it would have to be told that the legs of the Nochash are being cut off, because if not, we would have never even known that he had legs to start with. Because that's not part of the story of, uh, it's not mentioned at all anything to do with his legs. But the question is, why does the Nachash have to be told? That's what the Pasuk is saying. The Pasuk is saying, you're going to be more cursed than everybody else, which automatically, as we said, that should seemingly include the fact that he's going to go on his belly. If that's the case, why does it have to specify to the Nachash, you are going to go on, on your belly? So from this seems to be obvious that when it says utter atomic called the Yerkers, that's only a general introduction to the details of the punishments that are going to say later. And it's not that this, these words itself is the, are the punishment. And that's why the Torah has to specify the fact that he's going to lose his legs. But if that's the case, we're back to the original question, then why doesn't it also say that the power of speech is going to be taken away from him? But the Rebbe says the truth of the matter is we could explain it in this way, that utter atomikoil is the curse, that he will lose the power of speech. But the Rebbe is going to explain it in the following way. The Rebbe says by first prefacing what Hashem says to the Nochash right in the beginning of his words. He says like this, because you did this, you're going to be cursed from all the animals. These words seem to be unnecessary, they seem to be extra. Because from the continuation of the story, from the whole flow of the story, we understand why he's being punished. Why does the Torah need to say, because you did this? So the Rebbe says we can explain that the point is that he's going, that Hashem is explaining in what way he is going to be cursed more than everybody else, and why is he going to be cursed in that specific way. And this is what Hashem is saying, because because of what you did, in a way of midah, keneged midah, you are going to be cursed specifically because of what you did. Now what was the main thing that we could say that the Nochash did to make Chavosin and came specifically through the fact that he was extra sly and cunning as we will see? The way he did it was of course through his speech because without that he wouldn't be able to go ahead and get Chavot to sin. So based on this, we can understand why the punishment, what Hashem is saying, is ki because of what you did. You're going to be more cursed than everybody else. It's actually referring primarily to the power of speech and also to, his, to the slyness, to the cunning. In other words, that the Nachash is now going to be inferior and worse off in this 
from all the other beasts and animals, not only that he's not going to have the advantage of being able to speak more than everybody else, but in fact, he's actually in that particular area going to even be worse off than all the other animals, which produce various different sounds, roars, neighing, braying, all different sounds that the animals make. But the snake is not even going to have that. His mouth is going to be closed completely. There's not going to be any sound coming out at all. Says the Rebbe, based on this, we can understand that the curse of Al-Gachoyin Chotelech going on your belly is very different to this. That is, because the going on on the feet was not part of what caused the sin. It's not part of the way he enticed Chava to the sin. So this is not included in the words, because you did this, you're going to be worse off than all the other animals. And this is something that does need to be specified. Just like all the other curses need to be specified that he's going to be eating the dust and there's going to be hatred and animosity between the Nachash and the human being because this is not included in those words, Arur Atta. So again, just to summarize, what the Rebbe is saying is that the words Arur Atta, Mikola but the fact that we're saying that you are going to be more cursed, lowly, lowlier than all the other animals is the special curse specifically in this area with which the sin came, through which he enticed Chava. However, the Rebbe says, we could ask regarding this whole idea, why in fact did the Nachash need to be cursed, that he should be worse off and inferior from all the other animals by not having um, his, his, his voice and his sounds seemingly it would have been enough to punish him just not by taking away just his power of speech that which brought him to, do, to, to be able to cause the sin. Why can't he be similar to all the other animals that are just making other types of noises? Says the Rebbe, but this question is going to be automatically answered by something that the Torah wrote already as an introduction to this whole section. On the posseg, that the nochash was more cunning than all the other animals that Hashem made. Rashi explains on the words orum, he says orum mikoil, more sly than everyone. And Rashi says according to his cunning and according to his greatness was his downfall. Orum mikoil. He was originally more sly than everyone. Now, Arur Mikhail is going to be more cursed than everyone. What's Rashi trying to say? Rashi's not trying to come over here and explain the whole Arum. What's the Torah telling us? Because if that's the case, first of all, Rashi should have quoted from the Pasuk also from the words Vahanachash and said Vagoymer, in other words, quoting the whole Pasuk, or at least quoted the words Hoya Arum, that he was cunning, etc. We'll understand that Rashi is coming to explain to us why this whole Pasuk is here. Also, says the Rebbe, according to this, it would have been enough if it would just say, that the Nachash was more cunning than all the animals without the words, Asher also Hashem Elikim that Hashem made. Most importantly, the Rebbe says, the point of the Pasuk when it says, is self-evident. That is, since it's very, very surprising, how in the world could the Nachash come along and try to convince and make Chava make this mistake when Chava is on this very, very high level of being handcrafted by Hashem himself? As the Pasuk says, Vayikach Hashem, Vayikach Hashem takes one of the sides of Adam and Hashem builds it, this side, into a Isha. How in the world was the Nachash able to convince her? 
and fuller. That's what we can understand why the Pesach says, that the snake was very, very sly, very cunning. Not only Orum, but Orum Mikol Chayas Asada, more than all the other animals that Hashem made. In other words, Hashem is the one that made all the animals, and Hashem made the Nachash be even more sly and cunning. And therefore, he's able to convince and fool this woman. So therefore, again, Rashi is not bothered by, he's not coming to explain why the Pasuk is saying that the Nachash was Orum. This was needed to be said, how he could convince Chava. What was bothering Rashi was, why does the Pasuk need to emphasize that the Nachash was more Orum Mikol more than everything else? Why doesn't it just say, Nachash Orum, the Nachash was sly? Or even Orum Oid, very sly, very cunning, and that will explain to us how he could fool Chava. And this is why Rashi comes along and tells us, by adding the words, Orum Mikoil, it's coming actually to answer this very question that we said before. Why, in fact, does the snake have a downfall that he's going to be worse off, inferior to all of the other animals? And this is the answer. According to his cunning, according to his greatness, that's what his downfall was like. And that's why the Pasuk emphasizes he was more sly than everyone to explain that now he got punished to be worse off than everyone. Says the Rebbe, based on this, we'll also understand what Rashi says on the word Arum. He also says Armasai according to his cunning and his greatness. Seemingly, what does Rashi mean with this word Lugdulasai, his greatness? We can't mean, say that it means just being physically big or more powerful and strong, because how would that be relevant over here? Why would that have anything to do with the way he's convincing and fooling Chava? We also can't say that the word Gdulasa, his greatness, is an interpretation of speaking about his cunning. In other words, his cunning is very, very great. Because then why does it have to say the word, or um, why does Rashi have to say his cunning, his armosoi, which is basically what the Pasuk says. The Pasuk says the word orim, and then go ahead and explain it. He should have just said the word gdulasoi. In other words, the Pasuk says orim, so Rashi could say that it means gdulasoi. In other words, he was very great in his cunning. Furthermore, why would Rashi even say that it includes something else? That there's Ormosoi and Gdulosoi. There's another greatness over here. However, the Rebbe says, based on this, what we explained before, we could understand. Since the Pasuk is trying to explain how the Nochash had the ability to make Chava sin, so we need to say that in addition to the fact that he was cunning and he was sly, he also had some other characteristics through which he was able to express all of the slyness. And what was that? His koyach hadibur, his power of speech. Says the Rebbe, this is hinted in that word, orim, that he was sly with everything that it takes, everything that's needed. Both the potential, in other words, he has that cleverness to try to convince Chava, but as well as also the practical means to be able to do it, he has the power of speech. And this is what Rashi means when he says, and he's explaining what was able to help him make Chava sin, there's armosay, there's his slyness, but there's also Gdulasa, his greatness. In other words, he had a certain greatness, a certain quality within being sly that was able to help him bring it about with which he was superior to all the other animals. So we understand what was that greatness? We're referring to this power of speech that he had that nobody else had. Says the Rebbe, now we could also understand why we don't find explicit in the curse 
that his slyness was taken away from him, that his cunning was taken away from him. Because again, that would be automatically included in those words. You are cursed because you did this. You are more cursed than everybody else. Since again, this cunning was what caused, the main cause, so of course that was taken away. And this is why Rashi says, Arum Mikhail, more sly than everyone. And therefore you're more cursed than everyone. What he means by Arum Mikhail, more sly than everyone, is referring to these two things that brought him to sin. That is both the slyness as well as the power of speech. And because of this, he was more cursed than everyone, as said before, that these are the two things that caused him to bring, cause the Saveira. Says the Rebbe Dehirov, all of this is, the Razal tell us that a good measure is much greater and more than a measure of punishment. From this we understand that if, as a result of the sin, the Nachash was transformed and punished from being the most sly and cunning to be the most cursed, so how much more so in the side of good, that through a good act we could transform and go from one extreme to the other, from the lowest of the low, from being the most cursed. To be elevated, to be the greatest, the slyest, but in a Kedushadika way, in other words, the greatest, more than everybody else. Says the Rebbe, this is specifically hinted, specifically in the Nachash, because we find, regarding the Nachash itself, elsewhere, we find that when the snakes came to bite the Bnei Yisrael in the Midbar, what was the cure? It was done through the Nachash and the copper snake that Moshe Rabbeinu made. And the Rebbe says, we explained in another Sicha, that this is also a concept of ishapcha, of transforming from one extreme to the, other, to the other. That the very nochash itself, that is all about death. And he is the one that brought chet etzadas, which brought death into the world. And now he was transformed, that he should bring about, the nachash anachosheth should bring about life. And since Hashem brings the refuah before the makah, therefore even within the chet itself, when the nochash came along, and he caused such a tremendous descent. Right over here we have the hint that it's possible to be transformed from one extreme to another. To be elevated from the place of death, from the place of sin. And to connect with Atzmus Oirein Soif, which is higher even than the source of life. And that gives the ability to bring life and to resurrect the dead. And that's as it says by the Nechash HaNechoshes, that they would look up Klape Milo and they would look up above with doing tshuva shalema, this would bring them life, and this would bring them the cure. So from here we see this idea, in other words, the dafka, this nochash, has also that ability to transform in the opposite way, from the lowest of the low to the greatest of the great.